Hello and welcome to Address Unknown, episode 13. We spent a couple of days in a small city and country that goes by the same name, Singapore. Hello, hello. As Farber said, this is Address Unknown, and today we are going to be talking about our short trip to Singapore. This island country is only 275 square miles, which is smaller than the state of Rhode Island, if you can imagine. But it has 5 million people living there. I looked, and Rhode Island has a population of 1 million. So, while it is small, it is packed with people. Singapore also just gained its independence in 1965. So it is also a super young country, uh, which like a lot of countries was previously colonized by the British. It then became a part of Malaysia before it finally became independent. We had not planned to stop in Singapore. It was not on our list uh, because we knew that it would be expensive. But when we started looking into flights from Jakarta, where we just were, to the Philippines, where we are now, it became obvious that we would have a layover no matter what in Singapore. So I convinced Farber that we needed to spend at least a few days there. And I'm really glad I will say that I won that battle. We took a taxi from the airport to our hotel and I will say that this started the trip out fabulously because this is one of the nicest vans I have ever been in. We full class. Oh my god. Like we got in we're like is this is this real? Like the foot pad things were were padded leather like as you stepped on you to can, the van. You can sit down in the chair it's like a captain's chair and then you can elevate your it's, it's, it's a footrest yeah yeah elevate them it's not like a lazy boy where you like lean back it's full on like, remote yeah yeah you you could re- recline you if you recline. wanted to it was it was pretty amazing there was also an incredible soundtrack playing doesn't take much right? <laughs> it doesn't it was a toyota uh Velfire, if you're interested in looking this up it was totally pimped out and a huge upgrade from the vehicles that we have been riding in and on lately so got to our hotel hotel boss was in a great area perfect jumping off point to catch the bus or the train singapore has amazing public transportation um, to get to where we wanted to go but the hotel itself was definitely a budget hotel this was a big mess on my part <laughs> i love these you always say this now in retrospect like like in retrospect it was a shitty motel yeah hotel. I, shouldn't, I should not have we, we go through these things i try to book like not crazy expensive places but slightly nicer places and you always shoot me down and then you always say it was a miss on my part so i'm just going to go back through and replay these episodes every single time we're, we're making a decision on where to stay because you're going to regret it. You're going to know I was right. But we're going to have to live through the shit if it's because a, of that. Yeah, if it's a shitty motel, it's always a, a big learning experience for me is what I'll call it. Or like a miss. Mm-hmm. No, that's all phrase, but those two things. 
But then if it's a, a, a hotel that's really nice and you decided it and initially I was against it because of the cost, it's always like, this was a great idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so place, I know, can't, but... basically, I, I can't win most of the time, let's just say. So the lobby was a zoo almost every single hour of the day, night. Our room was tiny. We checked in. There was like 100 school kids oh on the floor, sitting on the floor in the lobby. It was crazy. People napping all over every single piece of furniture. Like It was a massive hotel, but just tons of people. It was loud. Like Of course, our room was right across from the, the cleaner's closet. So every morning at 7 a.m., there they were, just getting ready to clean and didn't give a shit that maybe people were still trying to sleep. Um one point we like we asked for glasses for like a drink and we were told that no we had to use the coffee cups the two coffee cups that were supplied uh in our room so that just gives you a picture of hotel boss would not recommend it but uh this was one of the concessions that farber made me make uh for us to stop in singapore so there you go uh, but after checking in, we made our way to lunch and to explore the area around the hotel. We had amazing sushi. It was such a nice break from Nasi Garang. Uh, I've been craving sushi. It was really, really good. You were pissed because right away we like blew our budget right then and there, right. and you started, you started, you started, you started lecturing me right away. But you loved it just as much as I did. And we ended up exploring a couple of the malls, which there is no shortage of. I think one of the things that has been interesting thus far is outside of small tropical islands like Lombok and Bali, mall culture is still very much alive and thriving, right? Australia, Indonesia, Singapore, here in the Philippines, like malls are a big thing yeah, it's a big deal and like all the stores that you forgot from the 90s still in the malls like, yeah and, and the nice don't get me wrong there's nice stores there's like very uh, nice high-end yeah. luxury brands but then there's a bath and body works yeah lots it's, of bath and body works still existing in the mall the things you thought were dead are still alive in these malls in asia even just mall mall culture right is still very much there's a thing a, here a food court yeah two, two, three stories in each one of them yeah unlike the united states and yeah that's what i was gonna say that's why I kind of love malls in, in Asia is they're always packed. You have not only a variety, as you were saying, of stores, but you have tons of food options, right? There's always like multiple levels of food. So each, like usually the top couple or the bottom couple floors are, are dedicated to food. So you have tons of options. So it's fun. I don't know. And it's also just hot here and so sometimes you need a break from the heat so you go to the mall you cruise you walk around the mall yeah exactly so our first night we headed down to see garden rap city at the gardens by the bay you've probably seen these it's the those famous metal with like green vines greenery growing on these trees landscape park um, in a newer section of Singapore. And so this Garden Rhapsody is done two times a night, and it's a light show on these these trees, if you will, set to music. And because it was almost Chinese New Year, uh, that, that was the theme of, of the show. So it's packed, right? It's free. And so you need to get there early. Otherwise, you're going to be basically 
well, someone's probably going to sit on your lap because they just won't care. Or you might sit uh, in their Shake Shack because there's tons of Shake Shacks in, in Singapore. They love them, some, some Shake Shack. So in addition to it being free, it goes on for about 15 minutes. And it's I would say it was pretty impressive to see. I think it was very cool. Yeah, I think anybody, you've seen this like on ads for Singapore or for like on Instagram, it's all over. Like It's like the LED tree display. Mm-hmm. We got there a half hour early, like Jonica said, like be there early. We barely. Oh, I think we were there like 45 we minutes early. Barely. We didn't got, get a seat. We, barely, we had a stand. We barely yeah. had a place to sit. It's yeah. like a huge deal. It's twice a night. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's a really big thing for like everybody to come out and see. Yep. It was awesome. And so this park is directly in front of the Marina Bay Sands Hotel of the Sands Resorts in Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Um, Again, this is probably something that you've seen, but it's those three massive towers that are a hotel. And on top of these three towers, it looks like a a ship or a boat, which we learned was an afterthought. It was not intentional, that's right. No, they built these three towers and the the heads of the Sands Resort World casinos like came down to Singapore to see how construction was going. And they, uh, they were not impressed with these three towers they did not think it was enough and so they were like what else can you do what can make this show stopping what is going to make people come here and want to come back here and apparently the guy the architect was like his his his, yeah his yeah and his son had a a ship a playboat and the guy was like what if i put a boat on top of it and they're like yes Put a boat on top of it, and to, so that's. To be fair, this is what we were told. We I don't know how factual this I is. I don't know. But this is what it's we're a good story. From from a local. So. Yeah, it's. A, I thought it was a very good story. So after the the light show, we headed up to the rooftop, aka the boat on top of the towers, to a bar called C'est La Vie, to take in the view of Singapore at night. You do have to pay a flat fee to enter of $30, but once you get up to the bar, you can use that $30 per person towards food or drinks. So you get that back. They're just making sure that obviously you don't go up there and camp out and not spend a single dollar. So they do tell you though, like, you know, if you're a a dude, you go up, you order a beer and it's $18, like you don't get any change back. Like $30 to go up to the roof. And then if you buy Coca-Cola and then just absorb the view, you that, just that, a thirty dollar Coca Cola. You're not getting any change. No, no. The view is good, but I don't think it's probably the best in the city. You get like you get the downtown, but you're behind a glass partition, so it's kind of obstructed. But it is nice, and being up there, the breeze was very cool, so that was a nice little break as well. Um, afterwards, we had a dinner fail, and this was a learn. I will say. Uh, that most restaurants in Singapore stop serving food before or around 10 o'clock, it sounds like. I assumed, I think we both assumed wrongly, that this being such a large, modern, cosmopolitan city like New York, that we could get food and drink anytime, day or night. Uh, That is not true. So we found one place that was not good uh that was serving food we got in they were like you have a half hour to order and eat and then get out and so that's what we did yeah the, the long and short of it i think if you're going to be dining in singapore dine around seven o'clock at night don't wait till 10 we 
we didn't know. We were fresh off the plane. We had no clue. So. I just made assumptions. There are bars that are open for sure. Um, but yeah, food, make sure you, you get in earlier. The next morning, uh, I had booked us a free tour, a free walking tour, so that we could learn a little bit more about Singapore. So, as we've discussed, we only had a few days there. These were, frankly, unplanned days. Like, we had not, as Jonica said, we did not anticipate going to Singapore. So, we thought, listen, let's book this walking tour, which is a better option than going on, like, the double-decker hop-on, hop-off bus. Yeah, I think that's more like to see the sites, but it really isn't. I mean, again, it's not very big and the sites are basically like downtown and along the bay. Like that's kind of yeah, it. I, I don't think you need the hop on, hop off no, bus to do that. We needed some like I want some history. We wanted some historical background. Some knowledge. Yes. So the tour was booked through Guru Walks, which is very similar to Get Your Guide or With Locals. These are both offered in several cities, very common. Most of the time, though, you have to pay for those, where this one was free. That's right. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a basic tour conducted by the volunteers. And in this case, it ran three hours or so. And it's donation-based. So there's a suggested donation. And then you kind of pay somewhere. Yeah, you, like, tip tip them at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reviews for this are really important, right? So, like, check into the reviews before you book these tours. Because you don't want to go with, like, a history major who's just out of college. You <laughs> want to go with, and you also don't want to go with like somebody who's like too old or something. No, no offense towards the old folks, but you want somebody who's like energetic, young, has a personality and is good at storytelling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like possesses like good historical knowledge, like you mentioned mm-hmm. about the city. Yep. We were lucky. We had a guide who was clearly a retired individual, but he loved giving tours of his hometown. Born oh, and raised. So proud of it. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And as we toured the government buildings, Jimmy, our guide, threw in these like, humorous political commentaries, explained a lot of things about stereotypes about Singaporean culture, like how caning works, and how it continues to exist as a form of punishment, and prison time for drug dealing and drug trafficking, and why chewing gum is still banned in Singapore. We were also curious how the city gained its vast wealth in such a short period of time since independence. So, so like, as Jonica did talk about, they've had independence since, like, 1965. Not a long tenure. And you look around, and there's, like, glass skyscrapers everywhere and, like, these huge financial institutions. It's a very rich country. Like, you, you can tell that there is a lot of wealth there. And you're like, how... Is a country that's so young, in 80 short years. so yeah, and in and short years. so small, so wealthy. Yeah. So we asked Jimmy point blank. He he even brought up. He was like, "I'm sure you're all wondering, like, how did this happen?" So what happened was he explained over centuries, like this country's geographic position lent itself to being a really valuable port town, specifically during the spice trade, and then like all the way through to the present day. So aside from it being a port city country it also had this organized government from its initial independence they believe strongly in creating and sustaining a good quality of life for all the people and this is evident right there are rules yeah we in the west may consider them a little strict with the caning they have these i'll I'll say firm laws Mm -hmm. they're also basically financially independent relying on the vast surplus of the government's financial reserves which we were reminded are substantial, even though the country itself produces no natural commodities, it has no specific exports, 
the country is really unlike anything we've seen before. Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, he kept saying throughout the tour, like, nothing that you see is ours. We've taken the best from every single country and brought it here. So we look to the United States, we look to China, we look to Japan, we look to all these very established countries and the things that they have done well, we take and bring them here. And so they've just kind of borrowed a lot from everywhere. So nothing really is their own, which is which is very interesting. And it's very interesting, I guess, to have someone admit that. Yeah, but I mean, he was transparent about it. Yeah. And he was like, listen, we don't have logging we don't have metals like in australia where they have like rare earth metals you mm-hmm. know i mean we don't have a railroad industry like like we did in the united states so he was like there is really nothing here that would drive people to invest in this country no but they're obviously very smart and i think to circle back to the point of how they got their wealth right is the fact that one of the biggest ports or the biggest port of the day was back in Indonesia, Mm -hmm. right? And you had to pay, it was a pay port, right? So your big ship came in and you had to pay a fee to like dock there, bring your goods in, blah, blah, blah. This is during the actual East India. Yes, exactly. So when the British came in before Singapore was independent, but where I think it was like kind of the starting of, or they were planning to become independent. They were like, all right, we're, we're perfectly situated, a great halfway point for a bunch of different places, but how can we get people to pick our port? And then this port in Indonesia. And they're like, we'll make it a free port. So at first it was a free port. So you could go there, you could use the port. You wouldn't have to pay. Now, obviously today you have to pay. And I think that's that's obviously where they get a ton of their money. And, yeah, and as you're flying into Singapore, you're, you look over the ocean and it's just cargo ships, tons and tons of cargo ships. So obviously that's giving them a ton of money on top of now obviously being the banking center of, of Asia. So they've been smart. They've kind of planted these seeds and therefore they now have just keep adding to the wealth of this, this very young country. Yeah. One thing I thought was very interesting, and we agree, similar to Dubai, Singapore has reclaimed a lot of the ocean. I feel like the word reclaimed is really weird because it's like... They've expanded I know. They, they see, yeah, I know. Of, of the land. They, see, they say reclaimed, but it's like, but it's, it's ocean. It wasn't, yours, it wasn't yours. It was no land in the first place, but cool. Take it from the ocean. Okay. So we did, we did learn that like, there was a reclamation process, actually, is what they called it, during the 70s in which the government began to expand the land in order to boost tourism. And this made way for the first like, major tourist hotels in Singapore. It culminated with the land development for Marina Bay Sands, as everyone knows it today, mm-hmm. right? Again, this is one of the 50-year plans that the Singaporean government has coming to fruition. Yeah, they, they plan well in advance. And now Marina Bay Sands is expanding already again the there's plans the there yep right. two more towers so there you go another reason to go back and visit so great tour long tour hot tour but learned a ton we'll put the information on the website if you're ever in singapore 
Jimmy will be your guy. Oh, go. Definitely yeah, go. it's great. Totally worth it. But that night we walked down to a bar called Analog, uh, which I had found. It's on a bunch of must-go-to lists. I think it's like one of the top 50 places in Singapore as far as like bars and restaurants. And it's this really cool, innovative cocktail bar. The bar itself is actually made out of 3D printed recycled plastic, and it's made to look like a wave. It's really beautiful. The tables are made of of that product from mushrooms, mycelium. Um, The concept of the bar is to look at how we are over farming and producing certain foodstuffs, right? So each drink takes one analog ingredient. For example, the faux espresso is an espresso martini, but instead of espresso, it uses chicory and carob because coffee is is over farmed. So looking at ways for how, like if coffee goes away one day, how could we still have something that mimics it using other ingredients that we're not over farming? So super cool concept. Yeah, nose to tail, that bar did everything yeah. ecologically. I mean, yeah. From- Coasters were made of recycled plastic. Mm-hmm. You talked about the bar and the tables, even like the glassware and things like that. Were Everything's all recycled. recycled. Yeah. It was really, really a cool concept. Yeah, it was very cool. Drinks were super yummy, really just like just unique flavor. Yeah, okay. But yeah, great place, super cool cause, raising awareness for the environment um, with yummy cocktails. Yeah. And we were super lucky because an old college friend of mine, Gareth, uh, who was originally from Singapore and then went to DU with me and then spent some time overseas after college, ended up moving back to Singapore. Um, and he met us at the bar. Like, I, mm-hmm. I checked in with him and I was like, hey, we're going to be in Singapore. Do you want to meet up with us in a few weeks? And he was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he came, had a drink. He, then he was like, listen, do you guys want to go you know, have, a, have a bite to eat? And we're like, yeah, sure. So he brought us to Orchard Road, which is a call it semi-suburban neighborhood yeah it's still pretty developed i mean again lots of malls well, it was just like it was like maybe 20 minutes out of yeah downtown. outside of the city yeah right? mm-hmm. i have not seen gareth in 20 years since since we were college days mm-hmm. um but it was just it was really nice we got to catch up in the capital university of denver revival yeah conversation and and it's one of those situations where if we weren't on this trip what are the chances that I would have been able to see him or like run into him and be like, hey, let's let's get together and like it just it it was really nice and familiar and yeah a little bit at home yeah so the next morning we woke up early to head back down to the gardens by the bay area to go to the cloud forest because during certain times of the day they have what's called misting time uh, so we wanted to make it there early for the first one before all the crowds came and basically what happens during misting time they're watering the plants right like this this dome is just a basically an indoor rainforest so the mist happens it turns into like a fog because it's super humid and it's like you're walking through a a fairy tale jungle it's like a full-on ecosystem that works yeah it's it's beautiful it's massive there's tons of rare orchids like so many orchids huge waterfall an elevated walkway that kind of brings you through the dome 
um, really cool, really, really beautiful. And not only cool from the inside, but the views that you get outside of the bay and the Bay Sands Hotel and the tree forest area um, are super cool. So after that, we went to the Flower Dome, which is essentially a huge conservatory. All of the areas of Garden by the Bay are so unique and a must-see when in Singapore. After that, we made our way to yet another mall to buy a few supplies and uh, had an amazing all-you-can-eat hot pot meal. That was a highlight for me. That was very, very good. Love me some hot pot. And that evening, we walked through Little India on our way to Atlas Bar in the Parkview Square building. This building stands out because it is art deco in style. Everything around it, when you're walking around downtown area of Singapore, is very new, glass, modern, skyscraper, and this is like Empire State Building style, yeah, right? It was based on the Channon Building mm-hmm. on Westington Avenue. There Manhattan. you go. And it looks straight up out of Gotham. Like yeah. It has, you know, like gargoyles on the side of it it's beautiful it's, it's really cool and it, it does set itself aside and you're like how did this get here yeah and they did such a good job that we totally forgot our history lesson that we learned from jimmy the day before and we thought it was real we're like oh my god how did they this is built in the 20s have. or 30s yeah. like but guess what no as jimmy said nothing is their own and this building actually opened in 2002 you had to go fool straight up like yeah yeah you would never know until you like touch some of the finishings it wasn't real brass stuff like that but they did an incredible job it is absolutely stunning the bar like many places in singapore in the evening has a very strict dress code you must wear closed-toed shoes there are no shorts allowed and no t-shirts and we did see more than a few people get turned away, so they're they're strict about Half it. The entertainment was sitting at the bar and watching people get turned away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, people are on vacation and they're wearing yeah, I mean, we don't... clothing and they're not dressed up. You looked this up online. You knew we would have to. Wear yeah, clothes. I mean, yeah. When we were going out at night, I was like, Farber, you got you can't wear the Burks. You got to wear the closed toe yeah. shoes. You got to put on some pants. And to be fair, I have one pair of pants. Yeah, and one long shirt, and that's what I wore. I have one closed-toe pair of shoes that's not a running shoe. So, yeah, there's there's not a lot to choose from. We were not turned away. We did not. We were there. We sat at the bar and had cocktails like civilized people. Uh, it was a very classy place with amazing cocktails and food. So, a great bar. Highly recommend uh, if you're in Singapore. However, we both were still not feeling great from our jakarta street food bug and so we made our way back to the bus i wish that we had at least one more day if not two uh in singapore there's some things we didn't get to do we didn't get to go on the bum boat tour of the river i really wanted to go to this other bar called smoke and mirrors because not only is it a great bar but you get an incredible view of the city at night but We ran out of time, and the next morning we were on our way to Manila. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then we'll return with some listener questions and get into our love and learn of Singapore.
Really quick, we had a question from Darla about airports and the way that security differs by country. And this has been really interesting, actually, because as in the States, no two airports are the same. In New Zealand, if you were flying within the country, there was absolutely zero security, right? You got to the terminal, you just showed up, and you walk to your gate. You could drop your bag, boop, and just go right in. Pretty trustworthy. <laughs> yes, it was, it was very trustworthy. In some places, and usually where you would not expect it, they scan your bag multiple times, and you're not sure why. In both Jakarta and Singapore, the airport lounges are before you actually go through security, which kind of sucks because you have filled up your water bottle, and uh, then you got to dump it. Because yeah, not, not only that, we were in a lounge at one point and had totally for it was in Jakarta, had totally forgotten that we had to go through security. Right, because we'd gone through like customs, right? Yes. And so we're like, okay, and then here's the lounge. And we sat in the lounge and like had something to eat and had a drink or something. And then we're like, yes, we should probably go on a game be a little bit early. And then we're like, holy shit, we haven't gone through security yet. Yeah. So it jumped and yeah. Yeah. Backwards. Very backwards. Uh, in Singapore, actually, the security was at the actual gate. Yes. So once you went through, it was nice. There actually was a, a filling station for your water bottle, but nothing else. So you went through and uh, no bathroom. So you're sitting there waiting. And if your plane is very delayed, that, that could be a problem. Well, and you have, you're there an hour before the plane departs because it's a security line yeah. at the gate. So. As opposed to an entire airport bottlenecking mm-hmm. at security, it's just your gate. Yeah. So in some ways, it totally makes sense. It, and I get it. Yeah, I and I so. get it. But there's also like some downfall for that as well. Like yeah. some, some bad things. So um, great question. Thank you, Darla. Keep those questions coming. We want to know what you guys are, are curious about. Oh my gosh, it's time. Veronica, real quick. What is your love for the country of Singapore? I love that even though Singapore is a very wealthy country, it was actually just named the most expensive city in the world to live in, tied with Zurich, uh, that it doesn't really give off elitist vibes. Take that, New York. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, there are obviously very nice places that have the dress code, as we talked about. There is the highest event shopping there are michelin starred restaurants but compared to new york city the vibe is much more laid back i don't know if that's because it has vegas vibes right and so wherever you go you're like anyone could be a multi-millionaire billionaire um or because it's so hot, so you just gotta be chill. I don't know. But it feels like everyone is going through the daily motions together. Uh, and no matter what your financial status is, like it's you're you're cool. There's there's no real like I'm above you vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And then what uh, what was your learning? It was so cool to hear about and see a government that stood for and cared for its people. There are no homeless people in Singapore. If they are homeless, we didn't see them, but it also would be by their choice because the government provides a home for every single person. 
the country has such a surplus of funds that during COVID, they gave and gave and gave to their people to the sum of $2 billion. They're one of the only countries that didn't have to get a loan from another country to keep going through during COVID. Um, And they did that because it was the right thing to do. Of course, obviously, it's a very small country, 5 million people in total. So it's, it's easier. But no matter what, they take care of their people. All right, that's mine. Farber, how about you? Singapore love. Hey, listen, I love, you know, while it's modern and developed, there's still a philosophy of people that's like spiritual mm-hmm. and grounded. Mm-hmm. Like they, they do believe in feng shui. Yeah. We're told that. It's very beautiful. And there is a purpose for everything they do. And, and at the end, it's all for the benefit of their society. So it's not so much like this nationalistic approach uh, where it's like, Singapore versus everybody, and it's not a socialist approach either, but it's certainly not the way that we in the Western world approach our society, where we are in it for ourselves, or our success is based on wealth and how we do independently. So I really I appreciate the, the value of how they approach life, and, and, and it seems to work quite well for them. Yep. On the surface, what yeah. do I know? Yeah. yeah. All right. What's your learn? It's not the first time I've had to admit this. We've talked about it at nauseum before, but I should have listened to you when you suggested we stop in Singapore. So I, yeah, I, you you weren't about it. Like you were fighting me it on wasn't it. A, it was nothing against Singapore at all whatsoever. It was just I was not excited to go over our daily budget. But, but damn, it was worth it to be in Singapore. And that's not what this trip is about. I think I you know I constantly have to remind you that of course we try to stick to our budget, and that is a good thing. But like. I don't ever want it to be to the detriment of not doing or seeing something. Yeah, and if we go home early, you can play the job. Because <laughs> you're out of money. There we go. It's going to be your fault, dear. There we go. But, but honestly, like, to be real, the, the experience of like learning about the country's laws was really something. I thought that was like a learning experience. Like, they are very serious. It is no joke. You do not mess around here. Can and I do a little sidebar real quick? Sure. Obviously, they're, they're super strict about drugs, right? Like, there are no drugs. They can't even chew gum. I mean, they almost like gum is like a drug to them. <laughs> okay. But if you are a Singaporean resident, right? Like, you hold a Singaporean passport, and you leave Singapore, and you go to, let's say, LA, right? And you buy some marijuana. Which is legal which is legal in LA and you smoke some marijuana and you come back to Singapore, they can randomly drug test you at the airport. Our, my friend Garrett said yes. his business, like a close coworker was tested yeah. at the airport coming back from, uh, from, from Thailand. Yeah. It's also legal. Yes. And so you, you, if you can't go somewhere where it's legal and imbibe in anything and then come back and it's okay. Like they'll drug test you if you test positive. Like you will be arrested. Like that, even that is illegal, which is mind blowing to right, me. Right. But to be to be fair, and, and our guide made a very good point to this, and, and I'm not the person to even agree with this concept. But he said we, our our culture and our government saw what was happening in countries that permitted the use of drugs or had a war on drugs, mm-hmm. and said. We don't want those systemic problems in our society, and they begin with drugs, meaning crime, burglary, et cetera, et cetera. 
So they said, we will not, we have zero tolerance mm -hmm. of, of that, of the use of drugs, selling of drugs, trafficking of drugs, whatever you may call it. And that's why they're very, very strict. And I get it because you go to Portland, you go to San Francisco, you go to New York, and there's junkies everywhere. It's true, but like, come on, you're on vacation and like you smoke some pot and then you, you can't come back because, oh no, now you're probably a drug addict. It's not black or white, I agree with Yeah, you. like it's in, that's insane to me. Like, if you're going somewhere and it's legal, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want, just as long as you don't do it like on the soil of the country where it's illegal. So I digress. Sidebar? That was insane. Sidebar that was a learn for me. Yeah. A learn that blew my mind. I just think like, like yeah, like the basic like jaywalking rules are very serious. We yeah. learned that if you jaywalk and you cause an accident, they through CCTV, they will locate you and you will be held accountable and you will go to a, through a judicial process mm -hmm. and analyze for the accident. There are cameras everywhere. Yeah. So needless to say, like, Great country. Great country. People very well organized. Do not mess around there. I would get in trouble. No joke. <laughs> do not mess around. And, and that, that says a lot coming from me. Do not fuck around in Singapore. That's, I swear to God. That's another learn. Anyway. Anyway, all right. That'll do us for us in this short episode for a short trip to a small country, Singapore. But highly recommend. Go there. Don't let Farber dictate your travel plans for you all the time. So, catch you next time. Bye.